0: You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening? Welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Wednesday, July the 17th, and one last look today at Pistons Summer League. This is your boy Matt Shook, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering the NBA. For the Detroit News and the Associated Press, Pistons fan and follower my whole life, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Thank you for the listen. Thank you for spending your time with the Locked on Pistons podcast. Today we're going to go around the league a little bit, talk about the news items that might be out there, and some trade rumors, some teams to keep an eye on for the Pistons this August. We're also going to go deep into the summer league and uh, also talk about some of the Vegas over-under win totals, the disrespect for the Detroit Pistons there. But give me a follow on Twitter, by the way, at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore for that, also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. And check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons dash Matt Shook. But if your company wants to reach an upscale male audience, then your company should be running ads on this here podcast to get your company connected with this audience. Email at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com. Or email locked at lockedonpodcasts.com to get more details about increasing your business. But the Pistons are off now, maybe forever. We're into the abyss of the summer schedule. This here podcast will drop down to three times a week episodes, starting right now. Uh, a little bit sporadic on when they come out, but we'll get them to you. Uh, we know you're in your summer schedules, and those are sporadic. Anyways, but... Um, We will have the biggest Pistons fan in the World Contest. That's coming up. I know it's gotten probably a little bit comical because we've talked about it for so long, but it will happen. We went right from the NBA playoffs to the draft to Summer League. So now we'll be itching for that content with not a lot else happening in the NBA for basketball these days. But first off, I wanted to give some congrats to the Memphis Grizzlies for winning Vegas Summer League. They went down to the wire against the Minnesota Timberwolves, but got the victory there on uh, Monday night. Brandon Clark of Gonzaga was the MVP, the rookie there. Now, if Sekou Dibuya flops for the Pistons, I'm going to take some heat for that because I had him rated very highly on the board, and I thought that's the move the Pistons should have made. But if you listen to this show, you also know that I was all in on Brandon Clark and Nikhil Alexander-Walker as possible options for the Pistons and all teams that were in that, uh, you know, off the top five or maybe even off the top three, but uh, down all the way to the Pistons at 15 mid-first round. Of course, now this is just Summer League, but you better believe that I'll be taking credit for those picks if those guys continue to play well. In addition to Brandon Clark being the MVP of Summer League, Nikhil Alexander-Walker of New Orleans was also a Summer League first teamer, along with some local interest with Kendrick, or Kendrick Nunn, who played at Oakland University after being tossed off the Illinois team. He played for the Heat in the summer league, so congrats to him. Mitchell Robinson of the New York Knicks and Jared Allen of the Brooklyn Nets. So the two New York centers also made it there. And I, I made a slip up on a, a podcast the other day that I said that Jared Allen was a second-year player, like Bruce Brown. He's actually a third-year player for the Nets. Mitchell Robinson, a second-year player as a, a Knicks center there. And the second team for the summer league was Chris Boucher of the Toronto Raptors. He's a 6'10 forward, was the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year for the G League last year for the Raptors' 905. The first guy to win both those awards last year in the G League, he averaged 27 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 blocks a game. Just another guy to keep an eye on for Masai Ujiri and those Raptors, developing some players seemingly out of nowhere. But, um, you know, something to think about for the the Raptors as they're looking to fill some holes in production-wise. Maybe Boucher gets a real look. As an NBA player kind of that uh, using that G League team to their uh, advantage and one of the only teams that's really able been able to do that in a major way um, and hopefully the Pistons can kind of follow that model especially given the fact that as we'll talk about later some real finds perhaps on that G League team for Grand Rapids this year that might be uh, across the state for the Pistons but Rui Hachimura of the Wizards also a second teamer Jackson Hayes of the Pelicans from Texas Anthony Simons of the Portland Trailblazers, a guy that's getting a lot of hype. Pistons fans saw him up close and personal in that second summer league game where he was outplayed by a certain Piston. Lonnie Walker IV of the Spurs after missing most of last year with an injury. But, yeah, like I said, Bruce Brown of the Pistons did not make the second team. Thought that was kind of a joke. Pistons fans probably believe or agree with me there if you watch the games and saw how he thoroughly dominated summer league at times. Both ends of the floor. I know that to whoever voted on Summer League, and I don't know how those uh, awards came through, but, um, you know, I'm guessing if there were journalists there, they probably didn't watch all the games and maybe just picked up the stat sheet, found the points per game, and, and give those guys the top nod. But we'll kind of move on from Bruce Brown getting snubbed there. No reason to make a big deal about it. But we got August approaching. We know that's kind of the, the only real dead month of the NBA calendar. Uh, but what's going on around the league in August? Um you know, there's some guys that might be available for an August trade. We've seen things happen in August before, like the famous Kyrie Irving trade to Boston a couple years ago. And a lot of those deals that could happen in August are obviously things that are falling down, trickling down from things that happened, you know, during the regular free agency period in the first half of July. And because of that, well, the biggest name that's presumably on the block is Chris Bl- Chris Paul, now of the New Orleans, I'm sorry, the not formerly New Orleans when they moved to Oklahoma City for one year, but the Oklahoma City Thunder, Chris Paul, has two and uh, plus one years on his deal, presumably three years, Is that last year is a player option at $44 million. No real path for Chris Paul to make that kind of ch- cheese, especially on a one-year deal, if he la- opted for free agency after the next two years. So an option there for teams around the league, uh, with the Pistons having Blake Griffin on their uh, roster and the presumed history of Blake Griffin and Chris Paul that was uh, seen as poor. Uh, let's just put it that way, between their time with the L.A. Clippers, not a real possibility for the Pistons to bring in uh, Chris Paul unless you know there's some way that there's some back channels where those two communicate something, and maybe that would be an option for the Pistons to upgrade at the point guard position. But like I've said before, and I'm not saying Reggie Jackson is the long-term answer or that Pistons fans should be very excited about him, but I think... The fact that he's an expiring contract, the fact that he's having a healthy offseason, and the fact that he played well for a lot of the second half of last season and into the playoffs, four games there where he played very well, against the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm a little bit more excited about Reggie Jackson's possibility of having a pretty good season. And again, he's not going to be an all-star. He's not going to be the answer at point guard. But I feel like his value is a little bit higher for the Pistons than they might be in a trade where the team looks at the totality of of Reggie Jackson's last two or three years with the Pistons and uh, see his uh you know value as an asset as, as further down the line than maybe the Pistons would as a player on their court next season. So, uh you know, obviously Chris Paul is is a, is a slight upgrade for next year over Reggie Jackson and that uh, maybe not a slight, maybe a solid upgrade over Reggie Jackson for next season, but the fact that you have to eat that long-term money the fact that he's going to tie up most of your cap for the next three, next two, uh, you know, summers after this, I would rather just hold on to Reggie Jackson than uh, give up some assets for Chris Paul, even if he. Although, you know, if there's a world where you can get some assets, uh, th- there's a lot of moving parts that would have to happen for Chris Paul to come to the Pistons, and I think it's very unrealistic in a, uh, a real in a, in a in a a sense where things could possibly happen. So I don't think it's going to happen. But another team to keep a look on, uh, keep an eye on. This next uh, six weeks or so, the Toronto Raptors. I'm still a little bit unsettled about what they're going to do after losing Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, this is another one of those trickle-down type of moves. They literally just replaced Kawhi Leonard, possibly the best player in the NBA, with Rondae Hollis-Jefferson and Stanley Johnson. Um, and they're rolling it back out with that. Now, I know they have a couple other wings that maybe got a little bit less minutes. Norman Powell comes to mind. as Some guys that could take up a bigger role. But keep in mind, you got to replace Danny Green's minutes there as well. As it's currently constructed with Toronto, it feels like a bad plan. Feels like an incomplete plan as well for Maza Ujiri, who's a guy regarded correctly as one of the more innovative coach or uh, front office guys in the NBA. So uh, I would expect Toronto to make a move. So we'll see what happens there. And you know Kyle Lowry's out there, Marc Gasol's out there, all with the ex- uh, expiring deals coming into this next season. So we'll see what um, Toronto and Masai Ujiri cooks up and whether Dwayne Casey's interested sniffing around on his old roster to find some old friends there as well. But what about Washington and Bradley Beal? I mean, I literally can't believe that they're going to keep him for all uh, um, appearances right now. It makes no sense to me. You would got to believe that teams have to be lining up with some of those Paul George or Anthony Davis offers for Bradley Beal especially because the title is kind of there for the taking for some of these quasi-contenders or real contenders at this point. But I guess what ha- that's what happens when you have kind of no leadership at the top of the uh, the uh, organization right now. You know, going without a GM at this point, um, had the deal in place for the front office uh, member with the the um, Denver Nuggets that went awry. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, you got to believe that maybe – the GM hiring would come at some point, would come first, and then uh, we'll see if anything shakes down with Bradley Beal after that. Certainly there could be the reason for a new a midseason move at some point, but, man, what a crazy situation. I would pull the trigger now as opposed to taking the risk on an injury or a, a tough shooting season or something like that for Bradley Beal. But up next we're going to go in-depth with some more wrap-up Summer League thoughts from the Pistons in Las Vegas. That's up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. Yes, sir! Up next, we're going to talk about some of the Vegas over-under totals that I saw, some numbers that stood out to me as far as wins and losses for the upcoming NBA season. But when you are driving to work or from work or around town, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pistons, and we'll be right there with you. For the drive, another piece of news from Wednesday, Dragon Bender of the Phoenix Suns, leaving the NBA, signing a deal to go to Russia and play with Moscow this upcoming season. So another flop from an organization full of them, of the Phoenix Suns. But just wanted to run down kind of the the major players of the Pistons' summer league and kind of what we can take from what they accomplished or did not accomplish out in Las Vegas. Bruce Brown, the number one on everyone's list, like I said, should have been a second teamer at least with the NBA Summer League. Now the the point totals weren't there, averaged 13.5 points a game. One of uh, three players on the Pistons to average somewhere between 13.4 and 13.5 points per game in Summer League. He missed the last game, only played four. Bruce Brown, 13.5 points per game, eight rebounds and 8.3 assists, 1.3 steals, 1.5 blocks. Just an outstanding all-around performance from Bruce Brown. They put the ball in his hands as point guard quite a bit. And even on the wing, they did a lot of pick and rolls where he came off of those. Yeah, Pistons just kind of running pick and rolls like crazy throughout the uh, Las Vegas Summer League. Um, gave him some space and, and let him kind of go for it and go go at it, and, and did really well. Looked like a man amongst boys at times and showed off that playmaking traits. Again, you know, I think I would have liked to have seen some more, you know, three point shots going up for Bruce Brown. We didn't see him. I think maybe one or two throughout the entire. Um, summer league. So that was kind of the main objective for what we wanted to see. But uh, certainly can see some playmaking skills there and can see that being kind of a role of his on the court going forward. And I would imagine that Bruce Brown continues to be a major part of the rotation for the Pistons. Moving on to a the player who I think stock kind of fell in summer league. I think that's Kyrie Thomas. I think he showed that he maybe isn't basically any kind of playmaker for the Pistons, kind of just a knockdown shooter on offense. And there's something to be said for someone who can knock down those shots. But like I said, um, I'll maybe contradict the knockdown shooter label as saying he's, you know, above average shooter in the NBA, but certainly not good enough for that to be his only offensive skill. I just don't think he's that caliber of shooter that uh, that can kind of stand on his own uh, offensively. And defensively, like I said, another thing where he's above average at, but not so good at it at this point in his career where he uh, moves the needle so much where he you know commands a spot on the floor. So a guy who's pretty good offensively at one thing, pretty good defensively all around, uh, a guy who probably belongs on an NBA roster, but is he a rotation player for a good NBA team? Uh, it's a question mark. I think that maybe there are teams that aren't competing for the playoffs. Maybe there are those stockpiling teams right now. Maybe he belongs on a team like that at this point in his career, and maybe he becomes trade bait. For the Pistons, you look at the Svima Kyluk, Bruce Brown, Kyrie Thomas situation of guys who probably should you know, at least be getting regular minutes on an NBA team right now, and uh, there's a log jam. We've talked about this for a long time as far as the Pistons need to be making some decisions. Now, if you hold on to Kyrie Thomas, and there's something to be said for the fact that maybe you have an injury in the rotation and you need a player who steps up right away. We know that there's going to be injuries throughout the course of an NBA season. So certainly if you trade him and then you're stuck with a Luke Kennard injury or a Tony Snell injury or something like that, and then you need that that extra body, uh, certainly he's a guy who could help. So maybe maybe this is an early season move after you kind of feel off the season a little bit. But uh, I think there's something to be said for trading Kyrie Thomas before you stash him in Grand Rapids for, ha- for most of the year and then uh, play him only a little bit garbage time type of minutes. His value continues to plummet. If you do that, and teams are going to want to see him on a tryout uh, under his uh, summer, under his rookie league or his rookie uh, contract as long as possible, so that they can make a decision on him. So, like I said, the longer you hold on to him, the longer the trade value continues to plummet. Uh, but like I said, that there is a there is a school of thought that holding on to him for that depth isn't so bad of a thing as well. And and again. He's not a terrible option. He's not a bad player. We're not giving up on Kyrie Thomas, but, um, you know, the size is a little bit of a limitation and uh, just not enough NBA skills. The ball handling didn't look good. The playmaking isn't anywhere near Bruce Brown or Svima Kailuk, and I think he's the guy who's the clear number three out of those guys right now. Moving on to the aforementioned Svima but a lot of good, but a lot of bad as well. Didn't uh, kind of force shots in summer league, and we know that's kind of a thing that happens throughout the uh, summer league. Eleven point four points per game, uh, a pretty you know pedestrian thirty-eight percent field goal shooting from him. Did have the four point two assists and three point zero rebounds, so not a wash there. Had some bad defensive moments, but overall not so bad. But I think there were some concerning things on the ball with him defensively, and obviously the the athletes and the skill level only gets better come real NBA season so I do have some concerns about Svi. Defensively needs to be uh, above average to stay on the court for the Pistons there but I did I was encouraged when he was not forcing the three-pointer when he was kind of just taking some off the pass uh, three-pointers or relaxed and into a rhythm three-point shot I think those ones were a little bit more consistent and some of them just look really good when he's uh on balance when he's uh, it takes his time, and obviously, you don't have too much time in an NBA game. But, uh, when he's right, I think he's one of the better three point shooters, certainly on the organization, but maybe even, you know, in, in the NBA as well. You know, not a top five NBA three point shooter, but someone who can be in that top, you know, 20, 30 of NBA shooters if he uh, develops and gives it, it is given a chance. Um, Throughout the uh, the season, and maybe that's maybe a little bit too high on him. And but I've always have been. I've been kind of high on Sviy Mikhailuk. I was a guy who uh, named uh, Svi as a, a possible trading partner for Reggie Bullock, and that's exactly what happened for the Pistons. So I think I'd like to see him get some minutes with the team this year. Now Matt Costello obviously is kind of the other the, the the fourth guy who made a big impact. Throughout NBA Summer League for the Detroit Pistons, the numbers were really good. 13.4 points per game, 7.8 rebounds. A tick under Bruce Brown on the rebounds, by the way. Um, Knocked down some three-point shots, 57% from the field overall, and uh, was able to have some games where he knocked down some shots. Again, I'm not going to talk about him as a plug-and-play type of player, backup center, anything like that. And if I'm being honest, I'd prefer the project big man to be someone other than a 25 year old guy who's been around a little bit who um has you know some limitations defensively not real big guy either so not really my choice for um the project center i preferred like the johnny hamilton type that they had last year and maybe dante hall of alabama more fits that where you want to be given the the bulk of the grand rapids minutes to at center so you know not huge on Matt Costello but hopefully he finds a place or on on some in some NBA franchise whether that be as a two-way player or kind of a cornerstone of a G League type of team but no I don't see real backup center minutes we know that um, there's the Pau Gasol rumors out there for the Pistons we don't really know what the front office is going to do at backup center we know that Markeith Morris is a guy who in a really small ball situation could see some minutes there Thon Maker um you know if he gains some weight and gains some strength could see some time there as well Kosa Kufos is another guy who the Pistons have had rumored interest in we know that we they saw the Amari Stoudemire um try out in Vegas as well so you know we'll see and, and certainly not it's it's not so pressing that they need to make these decisions right now as we sit here on July 17th but certainly something that the Pistons decision makers are going to have to deal with at some point Sekou Dimbuya from Summer League, as incomplete as incomplete could get, 13 minutes of action in one game. Saw some good, saw some bad. Uh, you know, No reason to really get excited about them either way. The rest of the guys, you know, you got David Servitas, the second-round pick, who didn't really do much. Uh, I was actually kind of disappointed in his play. The shot looked okay at times. Jared Utoff, um, I could see him being a member of the Grand Rapids Drive unless he can find some more money or a better opportunity somewhere else. Louis King obviously already has that two-way deal. With the Pistons, didn't show much, but improved as Summer League went along, knocked down some shots, showed some ability to make some steals and run out in transition. A project in every sense of the word, so Dwayne Casey and more uh, importantly Ryan Kruger if he returns for the Grand Rapids Drive, which I'm not sure about as head coach. But uh, the uh, Drive developmental staff will have their work cut out with him. But the other two-way player, Jordan Bone, I liked what I saw from him. The athleticism, aforementioned, a little bit uh, you know, small. Not a, not a big point guard. I guess regular size for point guard. Uh, stronger than your average point guard, obviously, but uh, certainly not a Bruce Brown type of big point guard that might be something that could help the Pistons defensively. Um, unsure on his shooting. Pulled up on those uh, mid-range shots maybe a little bit more than you'd like to see, but uh, coming from college, it's probably an adjustment that he'll have to make there. So uh, Todd Withers is, of course, a guy that we talked about on this show as a guy who seems like a legitimate role player that the Pistons could use, and, and uh, the Grand Rapids Drive certainly kind of struck uh, a little bit of gold there with the Pistons and their development team there. So a lot of reasons to feel really good about a lot of these guys with the Grand Rapids Drive, presumably, and then maybe some uh, end of the roster or uh, as the two-way players and role evolves with the Pistons if, if, if King and or Bone uh, steps up and do a bigger role or maybe steps out of that two-way deal that maybe the Pistons could fill in with some reasonable and pretty exciting guys. So uh, a lot to like about the Pistons, and that's what happens when you go 4-0 in the summer league slate and then losing the first round in a game against a lot of NBA players for the Brooklyn Nets there. So good uh, results across the board. Kudos to the NBA or the Pistons' front office for putting together a reasonable summer league team. It'll be really interesting to see how they go do next year cuz you figure Bruce Brown'll graduate from Summer League's via Luke as well. Who knows? I mean Kyrie Thomas could return for a third year of Summer League if he's still on this roster. And then you got uh, Seku and Dervidas is possibly taking bigger roles. So, it should be interesting to see the Pistons Summer League team evolve over the years as opposed to like uh, particularly last year it was a pretty much a dud, not really anything all that interesting to watch. But um, yeah, so a, a good Marks across the board for the Pistons. But up next, we're going to talk about some of the over-under totals, in particular an interesting one for the Detroit Pistons. That's up next here on the Lockdown Pistons Podcast, which is a proud member of the Lockdown Network, your team, every day. All right, and I wanted to pass along some over-under totals I saw. There's also the 538 projections out there, which we'll get into tomorrow because I thought that was a really interesting um, a little bit shocking in a little ways, but BetOnline.ag has the over under totals out there, and from their over under totals, we can extrapolate where the who the betters think are going to the Eastern Conference playoffs. And guess what? The Detroit Pistons are not among them. As we go down the list in the Eastern Conference, they got Milwaukee at one, Philly at two, Indiana at three, Boston at four. Actually, Indiana and Boston tied at third. Toronto at five, Brooklyn at six. Um, and then kind of moving down to the the Pistons range. By the way, Brooklyn. 45-and-a-half, 10 games projected over-under ahead of the Detroit Pistons. Moving on to seven, you got the Miami Heat at 42-and-a-half, adding Jimmy Butler. Number eight, the Orlando Magic, 41-and-a-half, and Detroit below that at the ninth spot in the playoffs. Now, I don't have an issue with the projection of Orlando being over Detroit in the playoffs, they add. Al Farouk Aminu, you, you kind of figure that there's a, a step up for some of the young players, the Mobambas, Jonathan Isaac, and then Nikola Vucevic coming back as well. I, you know, I get it. And and maybe even if uh, you think of Markel Fultz Flyers in there, I think that you probably, as as time goes on, uh, the idea of your starting point guard being DJ Augustine becomes even more of an issue as time goes on. You know, they didn't make an upgrade in the first round with Chime Okuke. Chuma Ukeke, by the way, sorry about that, the Auburn kid who probably might not play at all as a rookie because of the ACL injury. Again, I don't have a huge issue with Orlando being over Detroit, but Detroit being 35-and-a-half games, 35-and-a-half being the over-under for BetOnline.ag. Maybe you want to get online and hammer that if you're a Pistons fan, by the way. Six games below the Orlando Magic and outside of the playoffs. By the way, uh, Chicago lurking below the Detroit, five games uh, in the 10th spot behind Detroit. I'm sorry, uh, three games is Atlanta, uh, in the 10th spot, thirty-two and a half, and then Chicago, 11, five games behind the Pistons. So Atlanta, Chicago being the teams that, uh, you must want to watch out for Washington, the Knicks and Cleveland and Charlotte kind of round off the list there. So as far as like the playoff contenders, you can kind of cross off Charlotte from the list of the, the, the red letter games that we talked about. And you might add Atlanta and or Chicago based on how the beginnings of their season go. But, uh, and and again, Pistons at forty-one and forty-one last year. I am not. Uh, I, I'm not ready to make my prediction on whether they'll make the playoffs this year or not. We'll go with that as we uh, we continue. But uh, I don't have a problem with the idea that they're going to downgrade a little bit from forty-one and forty-one. I kind of agree with it at this point. I think they're going to be a below five hundred team. I do think that overall they have improved the roster. However, um, I just think the health is the the thing that's going to outweigh the uh, marginal improvements that they made across the roster. Um, I think that Sekou Dimbuya is a, is a future pick. I think that it, it's the right move, but it's not one that's necessarily going to help you wins and losses this season. Uh, but I do think that um, you know Blake Griffin's health, Reggie Jackson's health, Andre Drummond's health is something that probably won't be able to be duplicated going forward. And not only that, and I'd like to run some numbers on it if one of you guys are really smart, but we talked about how fortunate the Pistons were throughout all last season with the health and the rest games of the opponents I mean it was like every other game it was like wow Anthony Davis isn't playing wow Kawhi Leonard isn't playing not only like good players but very good players were sitting out a lot of games against the Pistons I think they benefited from that in a pretty much uh, unsustainable way I mean obviously you're going to have that throughout the course of a season but I think the Pistons in an unbalanced way, kind of uh, re- received a lot of support from that. Maybe running numbers in terms of looking back to last season and and the phones going off because Cameron Payne, two-year deal with the Toronto Raptors. Maybe they don't need to replace Ka- Kawhi Leonard. They got Cam Payne. But um, my point is that you know maybe you run numbers like this. Maybe you say, uh, give all players in the NBA like a rating one through five and say like Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard, those guys are a five. Um, you know, the Pascal Siakam would be a four, the next level. And and as it goes down the list in terms of the categories of players that these guys would be, and if those guys sit out or are injured, you put a five on uh, the Pistons' uh, total of, um, you know, win shares or whatever it is that you want to call it that uh, sat out those certain games. And from there, you can kind of get a bulk number and then run an average on how many, you know, win shares per game that guys – missed especially the elite guys i think you'd find that the pistons probably um would be on the top of that list in terms of uh you know top end talent that they were able to miss because of injuries or rests throughout the season now again uh, we're going anecdotal on what we know so far but maybe you could run numbers and figure out that kind of thing i'd be interested to know that and i know there's maybe some of you guys or maybe some of the nba uh spreadsheet types out there that uh, might be able to have some time in july and august to figure out that kind of thing. But I got the 538 numbers. We're going to talk about that uh, on the last show here this weekend. Also chasing an interview or two that uh, might be interesting to talk about as well. But uh, yeah, 35 and a half is the uh, over under total right now for the Pistons, according to betonline.ag. They are not a sponsor, but you may want to check on banging that or hit your local sports book or find out. However, you put your bets down and see what the over under totals for the Pistons are. You might be able to win some money again, again, I think that this is maybe a forty and or thirty nine win team right now, thirty eight even, but thirty five and a half. That looks uh, pretty spicy as far as something you might want to get involved in. But this is your host Matt Shook of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. Saying thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.